Hello, this is the Wondering Tailgaters. Uh, we haven't been on in a while. It's been a busy couple of weeks uh, outside of what's been going on on the field. Um, life happens fast, but that's all right. Um, I will add that uh, it's just me. Sean's not here today, but we'll be having him back on soon. He's got a busy week ahead, a uh, busy, busy time of the year for him. Uh, so, yeah, this was pretty exciting uh, week last week as an Ohio State fan. Um, the Penn State game, totally different feel than the TCU game. Um, so I did talk to a couple of friends of mine who were at the TCU game, and basically you're walking into a stadium where it was like Columbus South. It was just uh, a lot of people want to go to that stadium as a destination. Just the scoreboard itself is like its own thing. But that was not the case in State College. So personally, it's always um, Penn State's always uh, kind of the team – I pull for, uh, aside from Ohio State, if I'm thinking about a team in the Big Ten. I have some ties there as well, as my um, grandfather who taught at Ohio State got his doctorate at Penn State right after the war. So, always trying to keep up with them, and, and you know, earlier in my life, the two teams weren't in the same conference, let alone same division, playing every year, and I'd be rooting for one and, and the other in a different time. Um, I've been... Uh, down to Pennsylvania, I've been on actually one of the regional campuses as well. Um, I still have my keychain that plays the Penn State fight song somewhere around here. But um, it was uh, it's aside from me, it seems like it's become kind of an ugly rivalry. Um, I know um, we had uh, Dave on last week to talk about Rutgers a bit, and Penn State sort of prides itself on not having a rivalry with Rutgers, which is sort of like the, one of the more pretentious things. And I know recently. Uh, it hasn't been much of a comparison between those two teams. Um, I, I probably will have an episode where I talk about some of my least favorite fan bases, but I've tried not to annoy people too much on here. Um, but yeah, that was a thing. Um, Penn State, Ohio State's really becoming quite a rivalry. You even hear the talk with the Ohio State players. It's not as much like the Michigan rivalry where um, there's just the rivalry is a lot of respect, and it's almost uh, a traditional rivalry uh, at this point in that. Um, there's things that go on at both schools, um, the whole calling Ohio State, Ohio, that they do in Michigan, that school up north and crossing out all the M's on campus in uh, Columbus. It's, um, it's, it's, the traditions are a lot with it, but I think pretty much every Ohio State fan has a ton of respect for Michigan. Um, we doesn't mean we don't like beating them, but we do like, we, we, we do have respect for the program. Um, even though the rivalry has uh, been a bit one-sided the last couple of years. But the same can't be said for the Penn State-Ohio State rivalry. Um, Penn State last year was a team that I thought really could have won a national championship. Um, they probably didn't get into one because of that loss to Ohio State. Um, so many weapons on that team. And, and again, this year they've had, they seem to have a lot of weapons. Um, but uh, with that loss to Ohio State, the way things are, are, are working out, Probably cost them a chance at being in the playoff, but we'll see. And I did want to talk a bit about how the playoffs are shaking out um, as well um, as we go forward. Because now we're getting to the point where, other than Notre Dame, pretty much all the big games are conference games. And I know um, Sean and I talked a bit this week off off the air. And uh, Notre Dame's an interesting thing. Well, we'll get to we'll get to them a bit. We talked a bit in Notre Dame as well. His Penn State, uh, his Florida State team does have Notre Dame coming up on the schedule. 
should be interesting to see what happens. Um, so I did kind of want to sort of run down where things are conference by conference. Um, some of the big conferences. I'll talk a little bit about the small ones as well. I'll start with the ACC. Um, Virginia Tech sort of quietly under the radar. I know they have a loss already, uh, but they, they, they are in good shape in the coastal division. Um, after that, uh, you have Miami, which lost their opener and, and looked pretty bad, but has looked pretty good since. Uh, the thing about the, the coastal side is it's um, it's not it, it looks like it might be the weaker of the two divisions and, and I and I think Clemson's sort of in a class of their own. I'll get to them in a bit. Um, you already have Duke with a loss in the league, but they are four and one. Um, you have a Virginia team that looks um, improved, but not they haven't gone as forward as thought as, as much as I thought they would. And 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 then you have a Pitt team that's sort of a disaster. Um, and the Atlantic side, obviously Clemson. Um, for, for so long, the, the ACC was just Virginia Tech and Florida State and Miami, and then it just became Florida State and Clemson. And and now it's almost looking like it's just Clemson because I, I, I don't think anyone in the ACC other than Clemson has a realistic chance at playing in the playoff this year. Um, Clemson, obviously the story of the year, was the controversy with the quarterback. And as I try to do, I did talk to my friends that were Clemson alums and Pretty much all of them, once uh, once the quarterback decided to leave, just said uh, goodbye to him, and they really don't want him back. Looks like uh, Lawrence is going to be healthy this week. Um, Syracuse is good. Syracuse, um, I, I've talked a, a bit about Syracuse on here. I, I, I think um, Dino Babers is, uh, and I brought him up almost every week, but the, the people do like playing with him. And, the, and when he first came in, they were playing games that were like ridiculous. It was like they were losing games 60 to 40. and They're basketball scores. Uh, what has happened with that defense is quite impressive. Uh, they, they really just totally dominated Florida State. They looked good against a bunch of other teams they played. And they, they played well enough to beat Clemson. Um, they didn't. It's tough to win down there, and they they beat Clemson last year at home. So obviously, they the players weren't intimidated. Uh, breaking down the end of that game, you had the third string quarterback in. Uh, the biggest issue I thought at the end of that game was Syracuse was gassed. You could see the hand, not just the guys with the the hands on the side, but you saw guys getting into their position as the play was starting, especially in the secondary. That's a game where you just hope your coach watches that video and says, I should have taken a timeout here. Because I believe Syracuse ended that game with, with three timeouts still uh, in their pocket. And obviously at the end, they, they ran out on downs. They didn't run out of time. Clemson's not a team you can just march the f- down the field with. Uh, Syracuse won that game. Would have won that game on defense if they'd won. Um, and and Dungy's a good quarterback at, at uh, Syracuse. I, I just wish they had sort of tried to slow things down as they got near the end of that game. Uh, didn't happen. Um and that's where we are. Clemson will be challenged again this year. It's it's going to be interesting. Hopefully the quarterback stays healthy. But uh, right now you, you have to kind of look at Clemson as the only team in the ACC that has a legitimate chance of uh, getting to that playoff. I mean, NC State is still undefeated. Uh, they, they're undefeated in the league. I don't think they've played as tough a schedule as some of the other teams. But um, I can move on a bit. Let's do the Big 12. Uh, I, I was fortunate, uh, just the way the schedule worked out, I got to watch a lot of Oklahoma against Baylor. Um, I think people are kind of underestimating how good this Oklahoma team is. Yes, they gave up some points. But if you look at it, the last 
uh, other than Central Florida, I don't know who else in Alabama who else has gone so long without so few so few losses. Um, they only lost uh, the the playoff game in, in Iowa State last year. Um, they 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 look good everywhere on that field. They look good in special teams. Uh, the quarterback gets a lot of press. He's a Heisman candidate, but if you look at that that offensive line, um, he has all day. They, they uh, Baylor's still a rebuilding program, uh, but that being said, we're already setting up for a pretty good matchup uh, at the last week of the season when Oklahoma and West Virginia play. You got two Heisman candidate type quarterbacks. Um, West Virginia sort of they're undefeated. They've already had their bye week, so they've been a little bit under the radar. You have to look at them as a team that has a chance to beat Oklahoma. I would say Oklahoma State uh, and the rivalry game. And, and you have the big big rivalry, Oklahoma-Texas, coming up this week. Uh, Texas has bounced back um, quite a bit from the really bad opening loss to Maryland. Um, they, they are one of two teams that are undefeated in conference. There's only, or I should say three, there's only three teams undefeated in the Big 12 right now in conference. Um, but I, as, it, as it works out, I would I could see um, either Oklahoma or West Virginia surviving. There's, there's so much to play. And the good thing about the Big 12, and I, I'm not a big Big 12 guy, but they, they all play each other. So um, TCU, I know they already have two losses, but they're another team you have to kind of keep an eye on. Um, Texas Tech might be a little bit under the radar. Kansas State's uh, already lost two games, but again, always a tough place to go and play. And, and Iowa State's actually... <laughs> The, the worst team in the league right now with that one and three record, but they always sort of find a way to win a game every year that you don't expect. Um, I wouldn't even say that uh, there's a team in that league that I think they all could even be bowl eligible by the end of this. If we all have uh, things break out, you might see eight, eight or nine bowl eligible teams out of the big 12. Um, and uh, that Oklahoma West Virginia game will be kind of the highlight of that last week. I believe that's a Friday game. That would be when they moved. Um, Getting into the Big Ten, um, the West Wisconsin loss to BYU sort of changed things around. Um, I wouldn't say the West is very open. I mean, Nebraska is bad. We've talked about them a bit. Um, Minnesota is three and one, and people are saying they're like the worst three and one team in 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 uh, the power conferences. I, I don't know if I would go that far. Um, the thing that's interesting about Wisconsin is. Uh, with that one loss, if they were to lose another game within their, their conference and on the west side, um, they might drop down enough so that you might see a Northwestern or an Iowa, I guess, um, pass them and, and get that spot in the in the conference championship game, although it's not likely. Um, on the east side, um, Ohio State kind of put themselves in the driver's seat. Um, Michigan State um, does have a loss already um, out of league, but... Um, you're really looking at Ohio State would have to lose twice at this point. Um, I mean, Michigan could always run the table, but Michigan really suffered, uh, I should say, really struggled this uh, past weekend. They're not quite there yet. Um, I don't know what to make of Michigan. They, I see the kids they recruit. They got a Connecticut guy scoring a couple touchdowns in the game, so we're all excited about that here at the Wondering Tailgaters. But um, I think we have, uh, I think we have to keep an eye on Michigan. Um, they might. You know, they've not, in the, the past couple of years, they've really struggled not just with Ohio State, but with Michigan State as well. Um, so Ohio State, yes, has definitely put themselves in the, the driver's seat. The schedule is fairly favorable for them. Um, 
they have a history the last couple of years of losing a game you don't expect they would lose, sort of like Clemson. Um, not as bad as Clemson. I mean, they lost to Iowa, so that was a, a what I would say a quality loss uh, at Oklahoma. Um, so Ohio State's sort of in the driver's seat there. Um, as a Buckeye fan, the, the Penn State game, <laughs> I think we all had a little bit of a mini heart attack, but again, second straight year that they've they've beaten that team in the final couple of minutes. Um, first real true road tra- test because I don't think the, the TCU game was much of a road test. Um, but it, it's good to see. Um, they're not, as I was saying to some of my friends watching the game, uh, Ohio State doesn't have that like Ezekiel Elliott, um, JT Barrett with his feet and, and his throwing arm. They, they don't have that game breaker type Ted Ginn guy that's going to just be accounted for 14 points a game just out of some sort of freak athletic athleticism but they they do look good and even without bosa i'm i'm pretty happy with the way that defense plays you didn't see him get as much pressure on the quarterback as they did uh against tcu but um again uh they they look good and um you know i think we're not going to be talking that much about urban meyer um coming in uh later in the year by the time we get towards the meaningful games at the end of the year. Um, their their thing is to just keep it up every week. Um, coming up on Michigan uh, game, hopefully they're going into that at eleven and zero. It's a home game this year. <laughs> Knock on wood, uh, they they're eleven and zero. The team that is pretty interesting that I wanted to bring, and I'm going to go out of the conferences for a bit and just talk about Notre Dame. Um, I am not a Notre Dame guy. I, I respect the program, but I'm not one of those people who just um, – it's interesting. They were in that national championship game with Alabama a couple of years ago, which um, I think we'll have to tell a story about that because I was, I was watching that game with a buddy of mine who was a, was a player himself at the um, FCS level, and a lot of his friends played at the FCS level uh, for Chip Kelly when he was up in New Hampshire. And uh, – <laughs> That was a that was a really enjoyable time uh, watching that game with a bunch of guys who um, knew some of the coaches and, and it was it was a great time. Um, but since then, Notre Dame kind of uh, I almost feel like they've been a bit underrated. I hate to say that I'm not a Brian Kelly guy. I what he did to Cincinnati still bothers me to this day. That undefeated Cincinnati team um, was it 2009, 2010? I can't remember when it was. Uh, it was 2009, I believe. Um, where he just sort of ditched the team with the undefeated record. They went in and got blown out by um, Florida uh, with Tebow in his final game at Florida in the bowl game. Um, it's unfortunate. Cincinnati's with a great program with, with him there, but uh, that's, let's move forward a bit. Um, Notre Dame kind of has a bit of a break this year with the schedule as far as who they play in the ACC. Um, they, they have the game this weekend with Virginia Tech. A lot of people have circled that. That's a tough place to play. You've seen them beat Florida State, Ohio State in that building. Um, but after that, the, the schedule is fairly fairly um, well laid out for them to, to win at least 10 games. I think if they if they weren't to go 10-2 and two at this point, it'd be kind of a disappointment. They, they do have a realistic chance of going undefeated. If they go undefeated, it'll be interesting, especially if Clemson also goes undefeated. Um, if they both get a, a spot in the playoff, I, I don't know how you could keep an undefeated Notre Dame out. Um, I, I think they they kind of would have earned it with the schedule they play. 
Um, coming up, uh, I'll go through some of the games in the schedule. After Virginia Tech, they have Pitt, which is um, not really playing their best ball. Uh, they got Navy, which is uh, always challenges them, but they, that's a team they should beat, especially a home game. Um, they play Northwestern on the road, which is an interesting game. Then they have Florida State at home. Uh, Florida State's not the team they were two years ago. Uh, by then, maybe they're, they've bought into the new system a little better. They might be improved. Syracuse at home is in – oh, sorry, that Syracuse game is not home. I believe that's the game to play in Yankee Stadium. Uh, that, that'll that be an interesting one. As I said before, I'm, I'm high on Syracuse. I'm totally impressed with how they've turned around that defense in two years. Um, they they still don't have a ton. They have some some guys with some real speed, but they don't have the freak athletes yet that you might see at a, an elite power school. Uh, but I do think they're they're definitely that should be a challenge. And then they close out with USC on the road, uh, sort of a rivalry game. There's been some great games. I remember the year that uh, Matt Leinart was at USC and they were undefeated. They went into Notre Dame. They let the grass grow, so there was like. Uh, he needed a machete to get out to the field. Uh, it's a fun rivalry. It's interesting because it's not really a rivalry like that. Maybe you saw it a bit with the Michigan-Notre Dame, which has been renewed this year. Um, maybe not as much, though, because the schools are so far apart, and they really don't have that sort of um, – Michigan. I mean, Notre Dame could be a Big Ten school almost with where it's located. Um so that'll be interesting. I, I I don't think they'll go undefeated. I think they're probably going to lose a game, either Virginia Tech, USC, Syracuse, Northwestern. Um, that might be that would be a big win for them. I know a couple of years ago Northwestern beat them because I'm a I was a, a Mike and Mike listener when that was out, and I know that was the big rivalry between the two because they're both their schools. Um, but we'll see where that goes. Um, getting back into the conferences, uh, Pac-12. So <laughs> there's only one undefeated team in the Pac-12 right now, and it's Colorado. So you're looking at a team that's going to have to run the conference table and, and also go undefeated, um, or I should say run the conference table and then win out in, the, in their conference championship game, which is a weird game. It's, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it gets lower ratings on TV than the American Athletic Conference title game usually. Um, interesting. Uh, you have Stanford and Washington on top of the, the North, and um, Oregon is a little bit revitalized. Uh, they came back uh, this week and won after a loss. And in the South Division, it's it's a, it's a bit of a mess. You have a really bad Arizona team, a UCLA team that lost to Cincinnati, Utah team that has two losses, but they played good teams. Um, I don't know who's coming out of the South. Could be USC. I don't think Colorado will be um, able to. I don't think they'll be able to re- reproduce what they did a couple of years back. Um, I think you're looking at Stanford and Washington. I, I don't think Oregon's there yet. Um, but that'll be interesting to see what plays out. I think Stanford has the loss to Notre Dame. Uh, Stanford could win all their games from here on out. Uh, beat a what would be a two-loss Washington team, and they still would have a chance at that playoff. You have to remember that uh, since the playoff started, USC hasn't been as good. Oregon and Washington are the only teams to ever get a playoff bid out of the Pac-12. You had a really good Colorado team a couple of years back that, that lost in the um, towards the end of the year. You had a Utah team that was sort of surprising a couple of years ago. Uh, that's where we are with that. Uh, the SEC, 
So <laughs> I, I've been, uh, I'll, here's a little personal story. Um, I, I booked, I looked to book a trip to us to, uh, Alabama, LSU, uh, the games this year in Baton Rouge in November. I looked to book it, uh, big, closest big airport to me is Boston. I couldn't believe the prices. It was cheap. Um, even the tickets to the game, I could find tickets to the game that were cheaper than the flight, which was a shock for, for that LSU, um, had the opening win. And then from there has sort of, um, coasted a bit with a, not the most challenging schedule, um, but here we are, and we've got on the West, we've got um, Alabama and LSU both undefeated. And it looks like that's going to be a pretty meaningful game when they play later this year in Baton Rouge. Alabama, I, I, I think everyone's seen how good that offense is. It's one of the top offenses in the, the entire country. Um, usually their offense goes behind the defense uh, as far as what you think of with that unit. Not that the defense is bad. <laughs> But the offense this year is amazing. Um, they've, they've handled the quarterback situation pretty well. Um, we'll see what happens there. Nick Saban has a way of, of um, dealing with things that uh, most coaches can't. Because you don't hear about off-field stuff with Alabama players. You don't hear about controversy as far as playtime. And, and pretty much everyone on that team would start anywhere else in the country. I think that's the part of Nick Saban we just don't hear much about. Um, but as it looks right now... Uh, in the SEC, you, you've got a pretty exciting um, matchup coming up. You'll have Alabama-LSU, and then later on you'll have Alabama-Auburn. Uh, end of the year, Auburn is, has won that game a couple times recently. You have an interesting A&M team, although they Alabama's first two tra- true tests, uh, they seem to play pretty well there. Um, on the uh, east side, people are buying into Kentucky. I am not. <laughs> I'm not into Kentucky yet. Uh, I, I think the East is not that good. I think last year the, the SEC East was pretty average. I don't know that the SEC East was any different than than the the weaker Big Twelve uh, Big Ten division last year. Uh, Georgia was very good. But after that, just like Wisconsin was good, um, I, I think there was a pretty, pretty big drop-off. I think when you have a Kentucky team that's that's undefeated this, this late into the year, already have won three games, um, I know they beat, uh, uh, I should say, Georgia beat Missouri, Missouri the other week. Missouri is a team that I think is really under the radar. I think Missouri is probably the second-best team there. The, the improvement they made last year towards the second half of the year, they were just a different team the last six games, seven games of the year. But uh, Georgia is is the elite team there. Um, I think there's a little bit of uh, – they don't quite handle the controversies as well over there as, who, as to who gets playing time and such. Georgia uh, does have that clear path. Um, all they, they they will have to beat Kentucky um, to get that far. I think Florida's improved. They're four and one. Um, Tennessee's a bit of a nightmare right now. Um, so I mean, like I said, I think Missouri is probably the second best team on that side. We'll see if they can keep that up uh, going forward. So you're really looking at a a situation this year where you have a couple teams uh, like the Oklahoma West Virginia winner, you have Ohio State, you have um, the Alabama LSU winner, um, and and I've thrown Notre Dame in there and Clemson who have that clear cut path to the championship. And we're not going to see four, five undefeated teams. Um, we we usually see one, one or two. It was a weird situation, and and I don't want to overlook as well that Central Florida is still undefeated, just like last year. Um, I've been on the record. I've had no trouble saying that they should have been a playoff team last year. 
um, I'm, I'm a podcast listener as well myself. Big fan of the solid verbal. I got in a Twitter beef saying that the Big Ten's three best teams in Central Florida would have been a better playoff than the four teams that were there. Not that those games weren't good. The national championship game was good last year, but there wasn't big. The Big Ten had like ten compelling games last year, and nobody beat Central Florida, and they beat Auburn. I don't know that Central Florida would have won in that playoff scenario, but hey, they beat they beat an Auburn team that beat both teams in the national championship. So there you go. Uh, they are undefeated. Um, they have some tough games coming up, though. They have Houston. They have um, South Florida, uh, which is a rivalry game. And they have a uh, Cincinnati team that's undefeated. Um, you know, the UConn fan in me likes to point out that uh, the the five teams, uh, the four teams that have beaten UConn um, have a combined 14-2 and record, I believe. Just like LSU, the, the records are good. Um, Cincinnati has no losses. They, I, I would say Cincinnati might be the team that scares me a bit if I'm central Florida, Houston, as, as I'm recording, this is playing a Tulsa team and not looking all that great against uh, Tulsa, at least in the first half of that game, sort of an under, under the radar team, um, Tulane beat Memphis. So Memphis is already 0 and 2 in the American, which is a shock. They have, um, UConn coming up this week, which they should win. Um, but uh, you have uh, Tulane and SMU at the top there. <laughs> That's interesting. Uh, Tulane was a team I thought would be a little improved this year, but boy, the Ohio State took it to them. I thought that would be a kind of one of those trap danger games, maybe one of those ones where they're like losing it in the second quarter, but that was not to be. Um, also, you got to give some credit to um, Marshall for the way they've played so far this year. Um, UAB is a pretty great story. They are three and one. They have only had it. They have only returned to playing football for a couple of years after they closed down that program. Um, BYU, we've already talked about with their win over Wisconsin. They've lost twice. Um, well, once lost the Cal before that, and then um, once more. Army's Army's looking like a decent team this year as well. It'll be interesting. They they broke the losing streak with the uh, Navy last year. They might be favorited coming into that game this year. It'll be interesting. Um, Buffalo, uh, 4-1, and one is another team that's uh, getting some attention. They, they beat up on Rutgers. Um, we could talk about, would you rather be Rutgers or UConn? <laughs> uh, Rutgers uh, with, the, with the bad loss. Rutgers, although Rutgers played much better against Indiana. Um, and then you've got uh, Boise State, which we would be talking about as a playoff contending team had they not had the, the really bad loss to Oklahoma State where they just they just got outrun in that game. Which is unfortunate. I think Boise State is probably better than Central Florida this year. Um, but Central Florida now probably is in that driver's seat to get that that um, playoff, uh, not playoff, the, the New Year's game berth. And then you got Troy, the team that's not afraid to schedule anyone. Um, they are 4-1. and one. They beat LSU last year, so they, this is a, a good program. You got App State. I'm not. I don't know too much about the Sun Belt. I don't watch a lot of the games, but you, you do see some pretty exciting games uh, played there. And I didn't talk about Conference USA. Someone's going to get up. So I already talked about Marshall um, and UAB. So that's sort of where we stand at this point. Um, you know, myself, uh, I have not been out to a game since opening day, which is unfortunate. Um, I actually had an opportunity to go down to see the Syracuse Clemson game 
uh, for a trip that would have been scheduled to the area, but the hurricane sort of postponed the trip off, which is unfortunate. Um, I, that would have been a cool game to go to. I'm uh, as a UConn guy, I am not a Syracuse hater. I like the rivalry in basketball. I like the fact they still play in basketball. But I think if you about you know more than half the Syracuse fans you talk to would rather be playing in the Big East right now against um, Big East teams, especially on the basketball side of things. And, and it was great talking with Dave, being a, a Rutgers guy to hear a bit about what he thought about the basketball side of things uh, with Rutgers. Um, it, it's part of the equation, especially schools like, say, you're out of Kansas. You know, there's always the basketball side of things, Duke as well, although they certainly have uh, gotten some attention until the loss uh, at Duke. Um, and then, um, you know, other than that, not seeing LSU, Alabama, um, I might have a chance to see a game I've always wanted to see. In fact, it would be the bucket list to be number one. I'm I I the play I like seeing the games on the campus. Playoff games and bowl games are nice, um, but I do like that on campus feel. Um, I might have one coming up this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, we haven't had much of a chance though to talk about what's going on with the podcast. Um, we have some more really good guests coming up. I'm excited about things. We're going to talk a bit about people that have a different experience on Saturdays than than most people. People who work in the the industry, uh, people who work with the players. Um, most of us that are fans didn't play at the college level, and if we did, we didn't play at the Division One um, Saturday CBS four o'clock level. So it's interesting to get some take from some people who've had more experience with that. Um, I've also got a couple other people lined up who uh, travel quite a bit for their work. Uh, I get to hear a bit of their stories about the, um, what it's like for them to try to watch games um, while they're not in the same country. Uh, it's tough, I, I, even in Canada. So I, I actually watched the last two national championship games in Canada uh, while I was there for work. Um, they don't get college sports at all. Uh, in my, my industry where I used to work, we were actually in a, like some sort of Facebook chat, and that's what came up. Like, the people in England didn't understand um, and those those soccer games in England, that sort of, um, I wouldn't say the hooliganism, but just that sort of like diehard fan base thing is is very, um, very similar to what goes on with college sports in the U.S. And if you don't live in the U.S., there's absolutely no way to relate to it. <laughs> so uh, we'll talk a bit with them, and, and I'm excited about what's happening going forward. Um, I'd love to hear anyone's feedback. Uh, talk to me about some of these games that you go to. Hear more about, um, we still have our chowder cook-off coming up. And then Sean tells me he doesn't like chowder. So. <laughs> but we got, we'll have Brian back. And um, Brian and I were actually going to go catch, uh, go get some clams this year. But flooding. We have some flooding up here this year. Not like the serious flooding that's happened down south or, or with the hurricane. But um, sort of threw a wrench in our plans. But it's coming up. Um, at any rate, thank you very much for listening. This is uh, the Wandering Tailgaters. I'm looking forward to the rest of the year. We have so much coming up. Um, I can't say go Buckeyes, can I? Well, I'll say go Buckeyes. Anyway, uh, till the next time, thank you very much. Thank you.